But now I feel like slightly fat because you had four pancakes. Giantly sized. <laughs> now you feel fat. <laughs> Shut up. But also because yesterday I had like two donuts and three yum yums in work because people were just offering me tasty things. And I was it, like, you know what? Sure. Do you reckon it's some sort of like long term prank that they're they're doing? It's just keep offering Colin food, see when he stops. Well, I mean, actually, I've lost a considerable amount of weight in the last. I reckon two years, eighteen months certainly right, down to um, down to two hundred pounds. If you look at even my TV showreel, you know when I used to be a TV person. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I used to be on the telly before I had a face mm-hmm. for radio. Which, by the way, my editor literally said to me yesterday that you had a face for radio. Yeah, she was. She was like, "You were born for radio, and you have a face for radio." And what I was a, like, "What a what a lovely person." She's trying to be funny, but she's not joking. She's she means that. <laughs> one of those times where you're just saying something that is true and funny but i i just agreed with it because i didn't really know what else to do i don't want to be like oh, i'm so offended by that i mean she has a point well you should have done that in that voice no i was trying to maintain my professional integrity so i was just like yes yes i do i do i do i've heard yeah, that i've yes. heard that many times oh, yes yes i am terribly ugly yes yeah. <laughs> you know that time you you know you, you agree with somebody because you don't want to be fired start up a massive argument or be fired yeah you're right what was I talking about? Oh yeah, TV. Yeah, if you look at my TV showreel, between like two subsequent takes, there's one clip of me talking about some murder, and I look a bit round in the face, and then like the, mm-hmm. the next one, I'm all skinny. You're chiseled. Aye. Well, it's like a chiseled jaw. Like it, I think where I lose most of my fat is actually from under my chin. Just your just your chin. It's very weird. I've lost two stone from my chin. <laughs> just from my chin. <laughs> Yeah, fatness and and Saturday morning. Something mornings. I don't comprehend. No, indeed, indeed not. You've been the same shape and size since you were about fourteen. Yep. Yeah, this is Seesaw Parade, episode one hundred and six. <laughs> and did did we just at some point between there and now play the music? <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I I marked a point in my head. I know where it, I know where to okay. put the music. <laughs> Colin, that music was great. <laughs> Thank you so I much. I heard it too. Yeah, it's been, to be fair, I wanted to get back into the you know kind of regular. Uh, uniquely sounding theme music as opposed to just hey james listen to this hilariously not that funny theme music i made this week wow yeah i'll hear it when you release this saturday morning here i've just had four pancakes and james had some muesli 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 and uh, james i'm actually looking at the running order for today's show okay on my on my iphone oh oh yeah no you yeah i already knew you had an iphone i was disappointed in you a long time ago (laughs) And uh, this, you could say, links very, very well. Oh, yeah. Seamlessly. To the main topic of discussion this week. It just so happens we mentioned iPhones and, oh, wow, we're going to talk about them now. Now, James, I know you're not the biggest fan of Apple. Yep. That's probably an understatement, actually. Yeah. But, of course, it's September, and so every year, Apple must do new things. Every single year, they must release a new version of every single product that they have. So we've got the iPhone 8. And the iPhone X. Well, okay, yeah. It is officially called the iPhone 10, but can we just say X? Wait, is it actually called the iPhone 10? I, I think oh, so. Well, I, suppose... I didn't actually listen to I didn't I didn't listen to any of the, the, the real people say it, so I don't know. Maybe I'm lying. Okay. But I suppose it's Roman numerals, right? Yeah. So technically it's ten. And they're just doing a Windows thing, a Microsoft thing, and they're just forgetting about the number nine. I don't understand that, because obviously Windows Windows went seven, eight, ten. Yeah. What happened to nine? 
Well, Apple are now doing it as well. Yeah, ex- exactly. Maybe they're going for the joke. Nine's been eaten. Seven, eight, nine. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's true. But also, that doesn't seem like... It seems like a massive coincidence for both Windows to have a 7, 8, 10, and then for Apple to do 7, It eight, is unusual. 10. There must be some reason. Some country out there in the world giving a product the, the, the 9 loses all customer. If somebody knows why Windows didn't have a Windows 9, it's maybe because they had a Windows 95, Windows 98, and they don't want to like confuse people and just maybe. go back to 9 AD. That's a terrible reason. Anyway, uh, Apple. iPhone, yeah, iPhone X. Uh, the new stuff includes Face ID technology. So basically, instead of having a home button, which recognizes your thumb, the phone just recognizes your face. Uh, and it's got the, to yeah, unlock it. This is what we're talking yeah, about, un- rather than just in general. <laughs> yeah, to unlock the phone. It's a glass back and front. It's going to cost around about $1,000. Wireless charging. And it has customizable emojis. Basically, you make a face <laughs> at oh, the phone. Yeah. And then you can choose whether you want that face to be like a monkey or a smiley or a panda. And um, to me, that's a novelty which is going to run out fast. But regardless, James, what did you make of certainly the iPhone X or the iPhone ten launch? Okay, so kicking off with the ten. I don't understand why they're telling us about it because it doesn't seem special at all to me. It's I'm not sure if any of the features are new things to us. Face ID has been done on other phones before, but usually with a backup option of thumb, thumbprint, fingerprint, something else. You can still unlock it with with a passcode, of course. Glass phones have been done. Wireless charging has been done. Overpriced phones that's been done. Uh, like using your face to manipulate what's on the phone screen, i.e. Snapchat filters and Instagram filters, that's been done. So I don't see any new feature that is supposed to be exciting, aside from the screen's big and it covers everything and looks very weird. So, yeah. I hate this phone. You're not the only one. I'm not, I don't hate the phone. I just don't quite understand the fuss about it and why somebody mm. would want to go out and buy it other than the fact it's newer and looks prettier and yeah, it's faster. There's not a single exciting feature that I can tell. Okay. And maybe maybe I'm wrong because I haven't I ha- I didn't watch the press release. I've just wa- I've just read into it afterwards. But nothing seems new. Well here's a clip from the press launch where the face ID actually didn't work. Here is iPhone 10. Now unlocking it is as easy as looking at it and swiping up. And, you know, let's try that again. Ho, ho, ho. Let's uh, go to backup here. Yeah, no, this is what Apple do. They demo all their products live. And it used to be really cool because way back when they released the first iPhone, like they basically invented scrolling that, that carries on. <laughs> so when you flick it, the scrolling continues. Uh-huh. And this blew everyone's mind. But now it's like, oh, we're going to unlock a phone over your face like other phones have been doing for two to three years. Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> right. Uh, now we're going to show you your, your face tracking working. Oh, but it worked. Great. <laughs> and now, look, we got wireless charging. Like, just forget about the fact that all electric toothbrushes have been wirelessly charging since forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the excitement over any of these features. Well, let's, let's just go through this. So Face ID technology. The other devices do that already. My phone, I can I can set my phone to unlock with my face. Oh, there we go. Uh, the wireless charging Samsung already have. Loads of companies do, and toothbrushes. The custom, you know, customizable emojis based on your face is essentially Snapchat, except yeah, but less things with it's, fewer uh, things to do. Yeah, instead of like giving you 
massive eyes and a giant nose it just changes you into an emoji or a panda yeah, yeah. and that's basically it i mean it, there's there's nothing else and the one thing i want to talk about you mentioned the iphone is now just basically one giant screen mm-hmm. at the moment the phone i have obviously there's the wee black bars at the bottom wee black bars yeah, at the top they got a forehead and a chin so i've got a kind of a perfect rectangular screen a lovely re- yeah so when you go full screen on a video you get to see it all with the iphone x because the entire thing is a screen the thing at the top for the microphone and the camera is now just like a jutty out bit of black. Yeah. So if you imagine your entire phone, if you're a dear listener, take out your phone, the <laughs> bit at the top is now going to be part of the screen. So instead of looking at like a perfect widescreen image, there's just going to be a wee black jutty bit at the middle. Yeah, because instead of having a bowl cut, it's got a receding hairline. It looks really silly. I'm sure we'll get used to it, and anyone that has the phone would get used to it. And the other thing, the big thing that I don't get is the convenience of Face ID for unlocking. Because if you want to use your face, you've got to hold your phone up to your face or hold your phone at your face. You can't just unlock it on the sly like you can with a fingerprint or a passcode. Exactly. So what is the point? If you're not going to offer a backup fingerprint scanner, just don't give me anything. Give me a passcode screen. It's just really weird, this idea that they have your face in full detail and like shoot little infrared at you so they can do it at night as well. So so that's the theory is essentially if you, even if you're in bed at night, the phone can still tell if your eyes are open and looking at it. And also means that if your eyes are closed, the iPhone won't open. So if somebody who steals your phone and tries to open it, it's not going to work. That's the well, theory. Yeah. So unlike some other face tech, which can be fooled by a picture, some of the earlier Samsung ones could be fooled by showing a picture of some person's face <laughs> on Facebook or whatever. This one apparently does the 3D thing, so make sure it is actually your face. <laughs> but surely now you've just got this feature where if you're stealing someone's phone, you just... <laughs> You, you you unlock it with her face before you leave and you change the settings before you leave like all right here we go I'm sorry that this robbery is now half a, half a minute longer than it used to be the other thing i think about this phone is does it pass the i can text in my pocket in school test no phone does anymore well well this is the thing you've but mentioned the bigger they get the less they do so back in the day 2009 i had genuinely mastered the art of texting my pocket I could send an entire text and write an entire text without even looking at the phone. Yeah. With the iPhone, obviously, that's much more difficult. Yes. However, you can still unlock it in your pocket, and technically, you could probably navigate to the Messages app. But with the iPhone X, you'd literally have to take it out of your pocket and hold it up to your face. Well, no, not necessarily, because you can still unlock it with a passcode. But all subtlety has been lost. Yeah. I'm not sure you have to try with your face. I don't know. Do you have to make an attempt to unlock it with your face before you get the passcode screen? Or can you just like swipe up to get to the passcode screen? But it just seems like an unnecessary feature that doesn't do anything for anyone and isn't impressive. Okay, so they also released the iPhone 8. Did they ever release an iPhone 7S? I think they did. I think it was iPhone 7 Plus. I'm sure they did. Well, no, so the Plus is the bigger one. Because Apple usually does like, well, for the past while I've done like, here's the number four release. Here's an update. Here's the four. Here's this. Here's the updated version. Five updated. Six updated. Seven. I don't think they updated it. So this is just technically the seven S. They just called it the eight to get more money. So the iPhone eight has the home button still, and yeah, essentially which I, I love. think home buttons are great. Yeah, I think it's essentially just a slightly more jazzed up version of the 7. It doesn't appear to have... And it's got some of the features of the iPhone X, but it still has the home button and it's still essentially your next expected iPhone yeah, update. It's, it's, I think it's glass body as well, so it's wireless charging. 
Um, and it still doesn't have a, the headphone jack, all the standard Apple things that some people like and some people don't like. But again, there, there's no reason to to treat this like an up, upgrade of a phone. The, the processor is a bit better, I think. But there's nothing seriously great about it. I don't get excited about any of the big companies' phones because none of them innovate anymore. You're right in that Apple used to be, well, these launches certainly used to have something that you'd be like, whoa, that's so cool. Yeah, something that hadn't been done before. Whereas now, especially with this launch, you're like, yeah, I've kind of seen all this before. And it just seems yeah. like the next logical step for an iPhone. And also, who's going to pay $1,000 or £1,000 for a slightly better phone? Uh, lots of people. I know, I know. But that just seems to me like a massive waste of money. But I bet you that those same people would complain if they heard about someone spending £1,000 on a computer. That's very true. Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> or if you spent £1,000 on some musical instruments. I don't understand it. I, I feel like I'm slightly behind the curve and that I still have an iPhone 5S. You are like, behind the curve. I hope the, you move off the iPhone train eventually. I know, but iPhone is just, it's everywhere. It's ubiquitous. It works with everything and everyone has one. Well, no, they're the, the easiest second thing. largest phone company. So it's not quite everywhere. They're not, <laughs> they're not even the biggest phone company. Who's biggest? I think Samsung's got a bigger market share. Really? I don't know that. And then that's considering that all the other, all the other ones use the same uh, operating system. So I think Apple's dying. Their phone market is dying because they don't innovate, because the phones are so limited and not flexible. I think they're going to carry on dying. Interesting. I mean, I think they'd probably disagree, you know, with the fact they've got 250 billion just sitting in the bank in reserve and they're worth, I don't even know how much, trillion probably. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that the whole company is going to go bust. I just think their market share is going to carry on decreasing until they innovate again, until they are an interesting company. What would Steve Jobs say about all this, James? All right. Well, he'd be standing in his own theatre, which would be very unusual. Um... <laughs> But he always seemed to be the one to push innovation harder. He'd, he'd knock back prototypes until he thought they were perfect and stuff like that. Whereas now, and even towards the end of his years in charge, they didn't seem to be aiming for perfection. They seemed to be aiming for minor improvement. Yeah. And I don't think Steve Jobs cared anymore. Uh, good old Steve. He was a good guy. Well, he made things that we enjoy. Michael Fassbender did a good job of portraying him in that film. I don't know if you Fassbender did. Uh, Kutcher didn't. No, yeah, no. Ashton Kutcher. Why on earth would you cast him as Steve Jobs? That's a terrible idea. Anyway, shall we move on and talk about some actual films? Um. Well, yeah, we're just going to dismiss the fact that there's the new Apple Watch, which is boring, but can now phone people. There's new other things, but it's all boring. Nothing. No, I, yeah. I don't care. I mean, the, the the main one was the iPhone X and iPhone 8. And essentially, as we've dissected, they're not that exciting. However, Apple do put on a good show. I don't see any other tech company that puts on as great a spectacle as they do when they're doing their yearly, here's what we've made, media thing. That's true. And James, I'll finish with this then. Why do people go and now buy these phones in their droves? Because they're the cool ones. These, these phones that have the reputation of being like the good one, the good phones, whether they are or aren't. It, it's basically the standard manipulation of the masses. Okay. Right, anyway, let's move on. Star Wars 9, we talked about last week, essentially after Colin Trevorrow was let go, and we, we posed the question, perhaps maybe J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson, who did 7 and 8, would be one of the directors to step into the breach. We made this suggestion. The first people on earth to suggest this, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody else really thought of this. No one would have thought of this without us. And lo and behold, J.J. Abrams is the man to both write and direct. So no pressure, no pressure. 
Why do you think he's agreed to this? Because he gets paid. No, 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 but there's there's more to it than that. It's not just getting paid. You get paid for anything. He's J.J. Abrams. Well, you probably get paid more for Star Wars, right? <laughs> well, yeah, again, I, I know, but he still. Likes, he's like, he's why? a fan of the franchise, for starters. He, like, he, he loves Star Wars. You could tell that by all the behind-the-scenes stuff from the, the first film that he did. He loves Star Wars in general, so I'm sure he'd be very excited to, to do a whole other film. Like, I, I, I'm confused. What do you think would make him not want to? Because I think that's massive pressure. I mean, this is essentially, if my theory is correct, Star Wars 9 would be the end of the Star Wars story. <laughs> what? You're, you're, wow, that is crazy, Colin. How would you ever think of that? Well, I, for example, I don't see them doing a Star Wars 10 or Star Wars X. I'm surprised they're calling it Star Wars 9 still. Surely they've realised that you need to skip. <laughs> Star Wars 7, Star Wars 8, Star Wars 10. No, like, this should be the end of the main Star Wars movies, yeah. And that's a lot of exactly, pressure. Yeah, surely that's the, another reason to take the job. Like, you're doing the one that matters the most. But then the pressure is on to make sure it's good. Well, hopefully it is, and hopefully it does make sure it's good. I mean, because he's got whatchamacallum writing with him. The guy that did... Uh, uh, Batman versus Superman. So, there's, I'm scared. I am scared because JJ is a passable director by way of getting a good script out. Uh, yeah. And there's the writer. The writer's got a bit of a, a a history of of not so great films. So as a team, I'd give them a six out of ten, <laughs> but with the potential to be like a nine. They could make a really good film because they've got such a good team working with them. Uh, and they are fans of the franchise and surely the overarching story has been written. I think they probably, yeah. I think they probably know where the storylines are headed. And obviously we'll wait and see once episode 8 comes out, which I think is December? Yep. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's this year. Maybe it's, the, yeah, it must be this year. Yeah, no, this, um, 8 is December this year and then this this episode 9 has now been scheduled for December 2019. Okay, so he's got like two and a bit years, which... That's probably long enough, right? I think it's long enough. I'm glad to. I'm glad that they didn't go for a summer release. Give them more time to make the film good. I would. T- I would give them ten years if it ended up with a good film. <laughs> so I think it also depends on how good episode eight is. But it's Ryan Johnson, and I trust no one I, more. Yeah, I mean, based on the films he's done before, especially Looper, I thought Looper was tremendous. Yeah. I am fully confident that Star Wars 8 will be a good movie. I am looking forward to seeing it, and also so very much. Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a voice part in it oh, because he apparently yeah. he's good pals with ryan well yeah they did that film cute. Uh, together yeah L- looper <laughs> anyway so that's star wars now you're talking off uh you said you don't really want star wars to have a summer release uh it's obviously coming out in winter because this summer just passed has been one of the worst in hollywood's movie box office history oh it has yeah, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, essentially yeah. takings are down by something like 6.5%, which doesn't sound like a lot, but, yeah, but when you're talking about billions, billions yeah. it's actually quite a lot. Yes. So it's because basically all the big films, besides Wonder Woman and the Guardians of the Galaxy, completely bombed. Things like Baywatch. Unsurprisingly bombed. Transformers 5. Unsurprisingly. Bombed in the States and only recovered its money through China. And Pirates of the Caribbean, which again, did really bad business. And everyone's like, whoa! It's the end of Hollywood. Let's blame Rotten Tomatoes. But when you keep pushing out films in franchises that don't have hype anymore, they're not going to make money. Uh, great. I'm okay with them making Baywatch because they could. They can. You're allowed to experiment. I think they shouldn't have spent quite as much making a film that was 
is boring. Uh, but films that are coming at the end of franchises that people are already bored of, stop spending a lot of money on those. If you want to carry the franchise on, lower the budget, try and make it good, but cheaper. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the kind of way forward. And certainly the ones which have made money this year have been things like Get Out, which was probably my favorite film of the year, which is that kind of horror comedy. Yeah, the dark. Weird mashup. Yeah. It was so good in that I actually came out of the cinema and... Were inspired to become a director. <laughs> no, and felt like I just genuinely felt like I just stepped off a roller coaster. Aww. It's Your heart it was, was that feeling. I I have never had that feeling at coming out of the cinema in so long. And get it I mean it was yeah, some people I know not everybody loved it, but certainly it made millions hundreds of millions. Far more than anyone expected. Absolutely. And it cost something like five million. Yeah. And then going going on from that, the next kind of horror film which is currently smashing everybody up is it the clown horror it's smashing everybody up the clown horror uh it's a bit more than that but yeah the clown horror uh everyone is raving about it everyone's going to see it and apparently it's incredible i haven't watched it yet so i was gonna say i can't imagine you've seen it yet no i don't know i haven't either i like a lot of film chat but i am seeing fewer and fewer films every year now and i don't know why I, see, I watch a lot when they come out later on DVD, Netflix, all that stuff. But I, I go to the cinema fewer and fewer times a year. So you're right in that this film has had a lot of buzz. I know a lot of people who've gone to see it. Most people I know probably enjoyed it. I don't think they loved it as much as some of the critics have been saying. I think they thought it was okay. Yeah, that's to be expected, I think. I haven't seen it yet. And frankly, I'm not a big fan of going to see it. It literally by myself, <laughs> oh, uh, but surely going I'm by yourself is the best because you don't embarrass yourself in front of anyone that you care about. Well, can we just listen to a bit of the trailer just to see why I'm creeped out? <laughs> what happens when another Georgie goes missing, <laughs> or one of us? <laughs> Are you just gonna pretend it isn't happening like everyone else in this town? <laughs> If we stick together, we win. See, that to me is, even if that's a trailer, that's still scary. Yeah, well, you can wait until it comes out on some streaming service and watch it then. To be fair, I think things are much less scary on your laptop than they are on a giant screen. Well, it depends if you've got your lights on or not. That's true. And also, talking off the box <laughs> office, this, this was eventually linked to uh, to your initial statement. Uh, following on from one of the worst summers in box office history, it has been breaking various records. It's the biggest opening weekend for any horror movie ever. There we go. Uh, by Congrats. almost almost double. I think it was Paranormal Activity was the, the previous record holder. Smashed that one by something like 60 million. And it's also the biggest September opening of any film Ever certainly in the United States, yeah, uh, which is kind of crazy to be honest for a film, which again was relatively cheap to make. Well, it has to go down to like the design and marketing. It's yeah. What I was going to say, what is this down to? Why is this so successful? Okay, well, because they did they did a good job with the marketing. The trailers left you with questions that you wanted answered rather than just going, oh well, I've seen the film, but shorter now. Uh, and then the rest of the marketing, like when they're releasing posters, characters, information, teasers, all this, it was exciting. And then it was designed very well. So 
you could get the horror aspects. You saw the town all looked genuine and real. But sure, like grant for grant, taking for granted the fact that uh, the film did deliver. It wasn't overhyped with great marketing and then a bad film. It does seem like it's a decent film at the end of the day, and that kind of plays into the fact that I think audiences are savvier now than they used to. And sure, that might be down to Rotten Tomatoes and the fact that people check it. Like, I'm not going to pay. You know, people aren't going to pay to see a bad film. Yeah, and if we know the film's bad, it's not not the whoever told us. It's not them that is to blame. It's the fact that they made a bad film. Yeah, talking of bad films, Liam Neeson is uh, heading back. Harsh. I, I, I like. Hold on, hold on, hold on. His entire hold career on. is bad. That's what you're. That's what I'm hearing. Just hear me out. Hear me out. So Liam Neeson, obviously Schindler's List, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. Liam Neeson, who in the last few years, actually, you know what, James? I do retract that statement because of the recent films I can think of with Liam Neeson, I actually didn't enjoy most of them. So let's just say the films I liked. Uh, Walk Amongst the Tombstones, which yeah. is very dark. Like that a lot. The Grey, mm-hmm. like that a lot. I think Unknown was kind of okay. It was quite interesting. I quite liked it. It was passable, yeah. But then you have things like Taken 2. And 3. Taken 3. Yeah. Run All Night. Yeah, that one. And uh, the other, Non-Stop. That's another Just one. generic action films. And that has been his go-to for the last however many years. Yeah. However, this week yeah. he's come out and said that his action days are essentially behind him. He's now in his mid-60s. However, he says this as he is promoting his new film. An action film. The Commuter. James, do you want to just guess what this film's about? It's about a guy commuting to work. <laughs> That's it. It's just a, a three-hour commute. Um, they film the whole thing in one take. No, no, Jenny, let's see if you can figure out. Liam Neeson, in this genre, called The Commuter. What do you think happens? He's on a train and there's some mystery to solve. I don't know. That's that's literally you've literally that's it. That's Liam Neeson. Okay, so it's so it's yeah. basically Agatha Christie, but now and it's also <laughs> it's also just another Liam Neeson pot boiler, which I mean, there's at least five or six of these already in existence. Do we really need another one? Here's a clip. Let's do an experiment. What if I asked you to do something that could profoundly affect an individual on this train? I don't understand. Someone on this train does not belong. All you have to do is find them. I thought this was hypothetical. You have until next stop to decide. What kind of person are you? I mean, I'm all, I'm all for Liam doing whatever films he wants. Like, I love the guy. And if he, like, he's had a tough time. And if he just needs to make money and have an easy life, go for it. And the films that he makes, I think, they, I think they're all profitable. Yeah, they are. You know what else he was in, Colin? A Monster Calls. He was the voice of Big Tree Guy. Of course he was. That Loved was good that film. I like that film. Yeah, I think Liam. Film. I think Liam Neeson makes a lot of good, a lot of good quality films, and if some bad ones pay for his time, that's okay as well. <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on. Pixar uh, released their first trailer for their new film, which I think comes out uh, early next year. It's called Coco. It is. And it's about a dog. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> I lied. I don't even know why I lied. That wasn't even <laughs> funny. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's about uh, James. You've not even seen the trailer, have you? I have. It's about a kid that plays the guitar. Uh, oh, you have. He's, I believe some so- is he Mexican? Some sort of uh, Latin American, and uh, he's got a magical guitar, and it's been in the family for generations. And he speaks about his great grandmother. He speaks about his great grandfather. And then he meets a dead guy, and he goes into the land of the dead. I'm not supposed to love music. No music. No music. (laughs) 
But my great-grandma Coco's father was the greatest musician of all time. Papa. Ernesto de la Cruz. One day, he left with his guitar and never returned. No, my family thinks music is a curse. I thought it was quite a nice trailer, but again, it's it didn't strike me as Pixar. It seemed to me just like another one of these generic the crudes esque animations. You know, it's I not... like I'll agree with that. It doesn't scream Pixar film. Yeah, um, it doesn't. It's, it screams uh DreamWorks B movie. Are you saying the Crudes was a B movie? Crudes was terrible. I haven't even seen it. <laughs> okay, well don't. It's it's not that good. The thing and the thing I liked about this is that it's a bit different. It's not just your average white kid in suburban USA. Yeah. It's like Hey, let's get some Hispanics on the go. They, they That's do great. They, they're going to different regions of the world to make films. I like that. Uh, well, they're actually going there, but they're pretending to have gone there. It's animated. They didn't actually go to those places. But they seem to respect the cultures that they use in some way. They give references that only people from those places get. I like it when Pixar does these kind of things. Yeah, but even some of the humor... Uh, I know it's just a trailer, but even some of the humor, I was like, come on, that's just really basic stuff. Uh, so that's us critiquing and um, tearing apart Pixar, you know, the, the gods of animation. Hey, but they've made bad frankly, films. I've seen Cars 2. It was awful. Yeah, Cars 2 is not good. It, it, to be fair, not the Cars franchise isn't that good, but regardless. Regardless, regardless Pixar, they're not They're not like, they don't have a perfect record, uh, but if they, if they make something that is boring, I would be disappointed. Let's move on. Our last trailer of the day um, is Downsizing, which okay. is the Oscar... Not well. It was Oscar rumored. Nah, uh, no way. Contender. Ugh, that would Why be... is it? Well, okay, hold on. Let's just. Ex- I just want to give some some uh, some credence to this. So, Matt Damon, Kristen Wiig, Christoph Waltz, being directed by Alexander Payne, who did Nebraska. Now that will not sound familiar to the vast majority of people. <laughs> Nebraska is one of my favorite films. I want to. I want to see it now. Okay, shut up. Alexander Payne did that. He also did The Descendants, which is another Oscar Best Picture nominee. I love The Descendants. The Descendants, the Descendants is a, is a good film. film. So he has done this one, Downsizing, and here's a clip. And Carol? He never struck me as the kind of guy who'd go get small. Downsizing takes the pressure right off. Plus, you're really making a difference. You mean all that crap about saving the planet? Yeah. Downsizing is about saving yourself. We live like kings. We got the best houses, best restaurants, Cheesecake Factory. We got three of them. Nervous? Uh, little. Hey! <laughs> like, I really like this trailer. I think it's really interesting. Uh, yeah, it's quite jolly. Uh, I, I don't, again, I hate the music. I seem to hate the music in trailers quite a lot these days. Um, it looks like a charming film. I, I don't f- see the appeal. And also, I think the CGI is terrible. I can kind of forgive it, but also... No, I can't. I think the be... borrowers did a better job than, than this. <laughs> okay, the borrowers is like 20 years old at least. Exactly my point. Also, this is a trailer, you know, it's probably not even finished. Remember that X-Men Apocalypse trailer? Yeah, which... no, I, I think, yeah, they'll still work on a lot of it. They were just, they rushed out the scenes that they needed for the trailer, hopefully. Uh, also, you're right, you're right about the music. It was the... Um, the days go by river flowing underground you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile part of that song is the singer giving a monologue yeah. you may find yourself in a beautiful house yeah with a beautiful wife like, and you're like, yeah you've, you literally chose this because it fits in with the movie basically yeah i'm not saying it's a terrible song i'm saying it's so poorly chosen for the trailer p- purely because it has that one relevant part a beautiful house a beautiful wife and just like gratuitous shots of Kristen wig and a house yeah 
Um, not 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 in the not in that order. Kristen Wiig is not no, the house. She's the house married to the married to the actual house. Uh, I like some of the things in the trailer. It does look nice. I I I'll probably see it eventually. I don't see like what's the story going to be? Are they just being small? Is there going to be some dark I turn? Think, uh, well, it's downsizing, and then it's and then it's you know it's irreversible, and then obviously it's probably realizing that life as a small person isn't as exciting <laughs> the as land the of the one. small people is going to get invaded by a cat and that's it that's the plot and that's the end there's a yeah, cat loose and it slowly hunts them all down just set a komodo dragon among them and you've actually got godzilla <gasps> i want to see that film exactly. right let's move on very briefly to some comic book stuff the filming of venom which is the bad guy from spider-man um a bad guy the bad that bad guy he was in spider-man 3 he was played by Topher grace it wasn't he wasn't very good no in, in spite nothing nothing much in spider-man 3 was good true anyway venom is being played by tom hardy but filming has been delayed because of tom hardy's schedule by the looks of things uh, james do we even need this movie i don't really care about this of course you need this movie uh i don't i don't really care what what movies get released so long as it they don't they, as long as they keep making movies right if they want to make venom just to keep the ip sure uh, tom hardy is linked maybe he'll do another funny voice that we can laugh at uh, <laughs> but no venom's a cool character um if you're going into the idea of the venom film based off just having seen spider-man the third from back in the day yeah, you're going to be not very excited at all. But Venom, the actual character, it's pretty cool. Okay, fair enough. And he can, he's got some pretty cool abilities. And it's nice to see that they're not just always going to be giving us generic good guy superhero films. We've had some kind of good guy superhero films. We've had some neutral superhero films. We've had an attempt at here's the bad guys. But here's, a, here's Venom. Venom's not classically good. It'll be interesting to see what they do. Fair enough. Let's move on. Hellboy. The first picture of Hellboy was released. David Harbour is the main actor for this one. He's stepping yeah, into the, the shoes. David Harbour is Ron Perlman. Yeah, because David Harbour is essentially Ron he Perlman. Because if you look at the image... It just looks the same. It's mental. He looks just like the original Hellboy. Which, and also, which is a great sign. If both. No, if, but no, but no, but hold on, hold on. I don't see any David Harbour in that picture. That, to me, looks almost entirely CGI. First of all, that's definitely not David Harbour's body. By CGI, do you mean makeup and practical effects? I mean... Because it's not CGI. No, 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 I mean that's CGI. I mean CGI. I mean, I think... But it's not CGI. Well, so they've, t- they've just taken a picture of him? Yeah. That's not his body. David Harbour that's, does not look like that's that. That's practical effects. All practical effects. And, but even his face! It doesn't look like David Harbour! They put a, they put a mask on him! I don't know. I'm well, gonna... I, I, don't, I can't guarantee that I am correct here, but I don't think that's CGI. The, the thing I liked, I like it because it looks cool and it looks kind of like the old Hellboy and that's, that's great. Well, yeah, it looks what like I did the like about Hellboy from the, from the, from the comics. It's great. <laughs> is that I, is that I can't, I can't see David. I can't see him. I don't want to see David. Like Hellboy's Hellboy. Uh, I think you can see enough of his face. Like he's got his eyes. That's good. But Hellboy's jaw is too big to just paint David's face red and be like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Hellboy as a character has too many features on his like actual face that distort it, so that you can't just paint the guy red. Uh, okay. But it's, it is always a risk when you remove more and more of an actor's features. It might become less appealing to see. But now it's cool. Hellboy's great. Let's uh, before we finish up, can I please talk about BoJack Horseman? <gasps> yes. So I started watching BoJack Horseman, and I've watched enough of it to keep me interested. How much is that? But there's. Two episodes. Oh, so <laughs> soon. That's good. Yeah. But the thing I don't like about it oh, no. is it, it goes for the same cheap 
joke that has been used, I think, maybe four or five times in the first two episodes. So, for example, let's see if you can figure this out, James. Two characters will be talking, and one of them will be listing off information, and one bit of that information is, like, so shocking, and obviously, you know, that you're expecting the other character uh-huh. to pick up on it. Yeah. And then Bojack picks up on the wrong thing entirely. So, for example, if you were asking me, hey, Colin, what did you do today? Hey, Colin, what did you do today? I'd say... I know, I went into town, I bought some milk, I had a sex change, and then I went home. And I'm like, whoa, when did you like milk? <laughs> exactly! And then Bojo Corsman's just like, whoa, 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 you bought milk? That's a hilarious I, joke, Colin. No, it's not, it it's so funny. funny. It's funny if he does it once. It's happened at least four times yeah, in the first two episodes. It's one of those episodes. situations where if you do a thing a lot, it becomes funny again. Uh... And also, quit complaining about one thing. <laughs> I, I know, know, but I, I don't just... even remember that. It never bothered me, clearly, because I don't remember. I don't even remember that being a thing. Well, it happened so frequently in the first two episodes. I was like, I need to make a note of this. The thing is, though, I do quite enjoy it. It's quite interesting, and I'm willing to forgive its kind of lazy humor at times. Uh, to continue and per- persevere onto season two, three, and four, yeah, which to me seem to be much better than the first one. Yeah, I'd say the important thing to remember about uh, Bojack Horseman is it isn't a comedy; it's more of a, a like an animated drama, <laughs> but is but that is one that is surreal. It's a surreal thing rather than a funny thing. Um, before we finish up, make sure you head to YouTube and search for Seesaw Parade, oh, yeah. and you will see some gloriously entertaining <laughs> short videos from our very own James. I, I wouldn't say gloriously. I wouldn't even say entertaining. Uh, I think they're very, very good. I'm glad you do, Colin. Essentially, Essentially, they're short, you know, minute-ish segments of the episodes, which James has then put to some sorts of animation. Uh, we've got Taylor Swift in there. We've got Kim Jong-un. We've got Donald Trump. It's great. Yeah, I enjoy making them. Uh, so we're going to carry on doing that. If you do watch one and you don't hate it, or if you like it, just just give me a little like because that would reassure me and make me carry on doing this. Yeah, true, true. Okay, and also don't forget about the merch. There is links on Twitter and Facebook. Let's finish up with uh, Boris Johnson, who, you know, the foreign secretary of our fine nation, who is bringing up the fact that three hundred fifty million pounds could be going to the NHS when we leave the EU. Have we heard this before, <laughs> right? So this was debunked several months ago, a year ago, over a year ago after the ref, the day after the referendum. Nigel Farage said it wasn't true. The three hundred and fifty million pounds a week we send to the EU, which we will no longer send to the EU, can you guarantee that's going to go to the NHS? No, I can't. And I, and I would never have made that claim. Yeah, basically, right after the ref was over, everyone that had ever stated this is a fact was just going, oh, uh, we lied. We did think we'd win and we lied. Sorry. He's now brought this up in an, an editorial, an, an article in the Daily Telegraph today. Uh, and this, coincidentally, is just a couple of days before Theresa May heads to Florence for Brexit talks. Florence and he's just like. Also, previously significant place in uh, Europe. Indeed, yeah, financially significant, certainly. So Boris is bringing this up, £350 million. It could be going to the NHS. Yeah. James, why? Why is he doing this? Uh, one, uh, I think he's trying to throw his hat back in as a leader. And if he lies to everyone about being hopeful, he might get some votes. Uh, two, I think I, I think I think it's correct. It's tied into the fact that Theresa May is going to be doing a speech. So he's just trying to make her address something. I think it's, I think it's to put pressure on her. I think it's, hey, look, Britain expects... Britain's expecting. Oh man, how how far on are we? Uh, to, uh, I don't know. We're probably too far by this point. Yeah. But 
he's a bit like, right, Teresa, come on, where's the goods? It's up to you. You have to do it now. Yeah, possibly it is. He's trying to do us all a favor by making people say things, give us information, give us knowledge. Uh, but I don't know, Boris, I don't ever trust the guy. I, th- I think I think he's a funny one. Uh, he's He's also a hilarious one, but... It's just I want him to kind of stop. He was a bit embarrassing with his with his going to try and help places, and then the article was a bit weird. I don't know. He, I think he needs to just be quiet. And that's the sad reality of it, James. It's time to leave. I'm going yeah, to go. Leave. I'm going to Brexit from this podcast. I'm going to pegsit. Pe- yeah, pegsit. Segsit. Seesaw peregsit. <laughs> yeah, seesaw peregsit is probably the best one. Uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, Uh, bye Colin and bye Bye. everyone that has my voice in their ears.